Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's get this thing started. Twitter Spaces chat. Get you guys thoughts and listens. Here we go. Chaz will get you in here. Nick get you in here. What's up, fellas? Hey, good morning, Dave. What's up, Nick? How you doing, man? Good good, doing good. Greetings from Birmingham, man. Man, the wife getting ready to head out, head that way, man. There um, you go. I, I sent a um I commented on one of your posts asking about the weather down that way. I know down here they're saying like 80% chance of rain with some storms. That's what they're showing from like 2 o'clock to like, well, central time, 2 to 5 from uh, kickoff to the end of the game. What is what What you think the weather's going to be like down that way? Uh, not a, you know, not a weatherman, so I'll, I'll, I'll just use Google like everybody else right now. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, we'll see. Let's go uh, – you know, just to change it and go different. Let's go AccuWeather. Let's see what AccuWeather has to say right now. Uh, last that I look, you're right. It does look like it picks up um, mostly around game time, but it's lower just a little bit as far as uh, the day goes. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I shot an hourly. There we go. Hey, Nick, I'm just going to mute your mic till you're ready to speak again. I get that fire alarm in the background. So it's just, there we go. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, picks up around 2 o'clock. I mean, morning time, tailgating. Most of the tailgating time looks good. 6, 5%, 5%. Then a huge jump at 10, 2 p.m., 43% chance of rain, 47, 50. So it looks about from 2 to 4 is the highest percentage chance of rain right now from 43% to 51%. So there you go. Playing a little bit of weatherman uh, right there. looks like around kickoff time might be the worst of it, but then it lightens up again and then comes back around at eight o'clock. So you see how, you know, it's Florida. It can change in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> the weather uh, this time of year is still hot. So everything's kind of, uh, you know, it, it can change a whole lot, but it does look like around kickoff time will be the worst of it. And maybe we'll hold off the rest of the game. So, Maybe not too bad. We'll see how heavy it is early on. See if it wets the field. The field stays wet, but uh, that's about it right now. And I know a lot of people ask, you know, who does that favor? Um, now I know the traditional thought of it is, oh, you know, it favors a team that can run the ball the most and stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts out there and people who you know um, 
offensive players and the passing game, it benefits them just a little bit because the wide receivers know where they're going. They know the routes. They know where they're supposed to go. DBs are reacting, and they react slower in the rain. Uh, when you have to make the cuts, you have to try and keep up with receivers. Uh, so sometimes the rain benefits a team that can pass the ball just because they know where they're going, and it really is a benefit for wide receivers in that regard. So you know, maybe helps the passing game. Uh, I think Bama's a little further along in the passing game than, than Florida right now. Uh, so you see how that helps, if that helps them or not too. But it can make the game ugly. It can make the, you know, you can't account for turnovers. You know, that's just, uh, those things just are or, or random. Uh, you know, it's hard to count on turnovers every week, unless you're Iowa, I guess. You know, Iowa's about the only team this year, <laughs> I think, uh, has shown uh, in, the, in the early part of the season that they're going to you know, cause a whole lot of turnovers. But still, you know, with the rain, you just, that's a predict that, that that's just a randomness that you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know if it can make the ball so wet and, and, and cause so many fumbles or, or just uncomfortability in playing in the rain. So that's just one, uh, one factor that's just really hard to count in there. But uh, as far as who it benefits, I, you know, I don't, I don't go lean one way or the other, honestly, with, with who it benefits, you know, just, just go out there and play ball. All right, that that and you actually answered my second question because I was going to ask who do you think that favors. So I appreciate that, Dave. And uh, once again, go Gators. Go Gators, man. Have a safe trip. Yes, sir. All right, who else is in here? A uh, few of you in here. So hop on in. Let's talk some football. Good morning, Dave. There we go. What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, I listened to uh, your um, preview last night. Um, yep. Guy you had on. Can't remember yep. his name. Kevin. But uh, just listening to y'all talk about it, man. Break it down. Listen to a couple other podcasts as well. I think we got a good chance of winning this thing, man. Rain or not. Um, Bryce Young not being, you know, super accurate with the passing. Him not being able to run or pass block. I think we got a pretty good chance of winning. Uh, I think I think Zach Carter and Chris Bogle gonna gonna have a gonna have a field day with them. Tim, that, that's where this game can really turn. Is where where Bama is weakest to me is up front on the offensive line. And I know that sounds odd to say just by watching Bama and what they've produced their last few years, but look, by the end of the year, it may be like their defense last year. They're going to start the season off a little slow up front, but by the end of the year, they'll probably have the best offensive line. But how many times have we said, looking at this game, hey, look, at least you catch Bama early. At least you catch him when Bryce Young doesn't have a lot of experience. At least you catch him when they have a new-look offensive line and they're still trying to figure out the pieces here. They're still trying to gel as an offensive line. I I do think that is, and if you want to point to where Florida might have an advantage, it's at least equal there, in my opinion, just because of what Florida has up front and what Bama, there, Bama has there on the offensive line. And it might even be an advantage for Florida. As you said, Zach Carter's just been on a tear these first couple weeks. I mean, he's just – the first half of these last couple games, uh, he's pretty much been unstoppable there, unblockable. Bogle's come along there. This is a chance – I think Brenton Cox has a chance to break out if he's fully ready to go. And, now, look, I think we need to see it from Cox. I mean, he's had that five-star uh, reputation, uh, hasn't necessarily lived up to it. Uh, played injured a bit last year. We did find that out, and that's one reason he had the foot surgery uh, in the offseason and still what he's kind of recovering from after a tiny setback there. But, you know, this is this is a game he needs to make his his presence felt. This is the game where, look, you're, you're a five-star. 
Um, you're going to go play a good bunch of, uh, against a bunch of other four-star, five-star that Alabama has, has on the roster. It's time for these highly recruited guys Florida has, uh, starting with Brian Cox, to show to show up in these big game atmospheres as well. So I do think you know Florida maybe have an advantage up front uh, when Alabama's uh, when Alabama's on offense, and that could dictate the game. Uh, but you know you you have uh, Alabama who's uh, who, who knows when that switch will flip uh, for, for for those guys? And they've been questioned all week too. Of you know, and I think that's been part of Nick Saban's uh, spiel this week too to try and get something out of his team. Uh, maybe trying to press them a little bit by saying you know they haven't played their best and they have a long way to go. And you know they do to live up to an Alabama standard. But what does that mean in relation to Florida? And we'll get we'll get that Saturday. But I, I think if there is a chance for Florida. Uh, to keep this game close, I think it really, really starts up front with the defensive line, offensive line matchup, favoring the Gators a bit. But, you know, play calling comes into it, uh, tackling. And, you know, Florida Florida can still play really well up front and get pressure on Bryce Young and get pressure on those and, 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 and hit those running backs behind the line of scrimmage for Alabama. Uh, but like they were able to do versus Miami, they broke tackles. They still made something out of it. So, you know, tackling, and I said at the preview, whether it be yards after the catch for the Bama receivers or yards after contact for the Bama running backs, tackling has to be there for the Gators. Yeah, I think the only thing that can negate the pass rush or whatever is um... – Todd Grantham, super soft coverage. <laughs> um, super, super soft coverage or maybe blitzing nine at the wrong time and just leaving somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that part, that part. Yeah, if, 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 we're, if we're nine yards off the ball and it's third and three and ain't no, and, ain't no pass rush in the world going to rattle, rattle Bryce Young. So we got we to gotta be in the wide receivers and tight ends face the whole game. Um, can't, can't give them no air, no air to breathe. Uh, that's the only way we're going to be able to get something done. Yep, and you know, and, and at least I think if you know, look, you you, you know, you you'll mix up the coverage a bit. You'll bring pressure. You'll sit back a bit. That's what you should do. Uh, but I think we would all like to see this defense play just a little more aggressive and see what that means for them. See where that takes them. And because we we already know what the laid back approach does, it just doesn't work. We, we it does nothing. <laughs> it now, does absolutely nothing. Now, if we see the more aggressive approach and it doesn't work as well, then it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe Florida just doesn't have the right guys out there. Maybe they don't have the right guy on the sideline. But at least you see both ways there. And look, but you're going to have to mix it up. You can't just sit there and, you know, you're going to have to confuse Bryce Young. You're going to have to make him think uh, in disguise coverages and uh, blitz, not blitz, man, zone. However it is, that's what you're just going to have to do and confuse this young quarterback on the road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's all I got, uh, Dave. Uh, go Gators, man. Go Gators. Hey, Dave. Um, came in kind of late, but I think you kind of already covered this. So, like you said, with the offensive line on the Alabama side, um, about how many guys can we rotate on that defensive line? And do you think, I mean, with the amount of running backs that we have, just wearing them down, like just keeping the ball out of their offense, is that like a possibility? Do you think we can maybe control the clock and, you know, sort of run them down? I think that should be part of the game plan. Now it's just about execution. I still think even though Alabama's got some questions at linebacker, that defensive line is still going to be really good. And much like I was describing Florida's defensive line, maybe being able to control the game, Alabama's defensive line may be able to do the same. And look, look, I do expect a high-scoring game, but this could – this could turn out if both defensive lines come out and dominate. This could be an ugly, low-scoring game. 
And I know after what we saw last year in Atlanta, that would be a whole big change. And but basically from what we've seen these, from these offenses the first two weeks, that would be a change as well by not putting points on the board. But there's a chance where these defensive lines can just really control the game, overpower both offensive lines out there. And this, and this is an uglier game than we think it will be. I, I still think it turns out to be high scoring, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if it's a – 24-20 final, 24-17, one way or the other, just because I think both defensive lines have an advantage over both offensive lines. And you know, Alabama has an overall talent advantage when you start looking at that. I think Dan Mullen can start scheming some things uh, if it turns into a tightly contested game. And look, I, if, it, if it turns out – if that game turns out like that, which quarterback is going to make the big play late in the game to make the difference? And I think you can – I think you can ask that question and feel pretty good about Florida side. I think you can ask that question and feel pretty good about Bama side. You can ask that question on Florida side saying, well, Bryce Young in his first big game in the swamp. It's a fourth quarter pressure-packed situation. How does a young quarterback react? I mean, after what we've seen from Emory Jones these first couple of weeks, how does he react in that? If there, if there is a close game, which quarterback, you know, Emory will have the, have the advantage of playing at home. And – a lot of the pressure, in a way, will be kind of taken off because Florida's still in the game. It's a fourth-quarter game. you got to go out there and make the play. And, of course, Bryce Young, just the obvious situation, is playing on the road in his first hostile environment. If the Florida's defensive line is ramped up, ready to go, can you have some type of miscommunication between a young quarterback and an offensive line that leads to some kind of big play for Florida to make the difference in the fourth quarter? So I do think, these defensive lines can't control the game, and it could be an uglier game than I'm than I'm thinking. So uh, there, but you know, for Florida to for Florida to be able to control the game on the ground, I mean, Mullen's going to have to you know go out there and call one of his best games. And look, that that speaks for itself anyway, just because of who you're playing. But if that's going to be the game plan, then you're going to have to find some way to confuse this defensive line, get them thinking, get them out of get them out of position, because uh, these guys are good. I mean, if you're going to just run straight at them. Uh, I think that could be an issue. Uh, I don't. I think it benefits Florida to try some misdirection, get guys in motion, uh, and and really just get that Alabama defensive front thinking. You could probably get that 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 second line, that, those linebackers. You could probably get them thinking out of position a little bit since they're playing, you know, since they're questionable there with injuries. You might can get them thinking a bit more, but that defensive line is where it's going to start uh, for for Alabama and seeing if you can at least. You know, push them, push them just a little bit. But as I said, but I think both defensive lines are probably going to have some good, have a good game, and may end up being lower scoring. I think. Yeah, I mean, everyone's been talking about the quarterbacks, but it's just you know if those things aren't you know vibing at least not right now, at least for maybe not until tomorrow. Like, what are those other pieces that we have to kind of definitely you know help shift the hopefully the winning percentage in our favor? I've always liked Damian Pierce uh, since he was a freshman. And those times when he gets to the second level, man, that dude just has a different gear. So, like, I'm stoked to hopefully see that some of you runs up the middle, which, like, punch him in the mouth. I'm going to be in heaven. So, but <laughs> anyway, I'll leave the floor. But, uh, again, I'm sure you covered quarterbacks before I jumped on. So, I'll, ch- I'll catch the podcast later. But, uh, again, thanks for the time. Go Gators. Go Gators. Hey, everyone. I um, hope you guys are having a great uh, Friday. Um, I do have a question for David. Um Two, so we have two scenarios here. So if Florida does somehow um, beat Alabama, um, where do you think we would go up in the rankings? And if we do not beat Alabama, how far back do you think out uh, Florida will go in the rankings? 
Uh, Wynn puts Florida in the top five, no question for me. Uh, at least if I had a poll, <laughs> that's where Florida would be. Uh, I think there's no question you have to put them there. Uh, a loss, all, oh, that's all according to how it looks. Uh, you, you can't go out there and get blown out. I mean, Florida will still be ranked, no matter just because, you know, they're high enough in the rankings right now. Um, if it doesn't look great, that a lot of you know a lot of people are already picking that. So, are you, you know, are you going to penalize Florida if they don't if they go out there and get blown out? I, I you know, I, I, it's hard to know how voters will, will will vote. I don't think they'll drop Florida too far. They had, they didn't really drop Florida a whole lot. They didn't move Florida really after you know subpar performances the first couple of weeks. Uh, you know, in a lot of people's eyes there. So, but a win definitely catapults Florida up in the top five. Uh, a loss, it really all depends on what that loss looks like. But that, uh, no danger of falling out of the polls for me, no matter no matter how bad it gets. All right, thanks, David. I hope everyone has a blessed day. Go Gators. Go Gators. Ahmad Black, you in here. Yo, what up, what up? What's up, man? What's going on, everybody? I mean, I just want to say, man, go Gators. Uh, I think, you know, I spoke a little bit on uh, SEC this week, this week with uh, Chris yeah. Dor- and, uh, you know, I think the, the main point of everything will start at the defensive line, offensive line. Um, we got to get our offensive line firing off the ball if we're going to run the ball. Um, I know D- Alabama – I know Alabama is going to uh, have have a defensive line that's going to be hungry. I mean, those young guys on Alabama's defensive line are, are freaking they're, – they're, they're ball players. So, um, I know we absolutely have to um, try to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, um, and that would definitely help our secondary. So, um, you know, we get a pass rush on a quarterback. I know he's a, he's, he's a young guy. He's not really too established, but he's very, very good. Um, that'll definitely help our secondary, you know, and, uh, you know, we got to get some coverage sacks and, and, and then, you know, get in that backfield. And if we live in the backfield, we win the game. Yeah. Amar, what have you seen from the secondary uh, so far in these first couple of games? Um, they, they look okay. Uh, it's just a couple of things that we got to correct. Um, you know, as far as, you know, a lot of people are, are noticing it as well. Um, how many yards we're off the receivers, right? So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if he's playing, you know, not to get beat deep or what. Um, I think we bring him up a little bit more, um, playing these guys' faces a little bit more. Um, and ultimately, that, that, can, that can help, you know, because, you know, it's all timing. It's all on timing. So, if we screw up the timing, um, that can get you covered sacks, uh, and, you know, and, and get the ball out quicker, you know, especially when the receiver's not ready. That's how we can break on the ball and make plays. Yeah, that's my thing. You know, Florida – hasn't really had an issue getting pressure on the quarterbacks, you know, at least with the, the starting defense. So that, that's what drives me crazy about playing off so much because you just make it easier on the quarterback. I mean, he's going to get rid of the ball fast because he has to, and the coverage is still off. So well, I, well, Another thing, too, we, we have to tackle the football, right? So Yeah, that's my biggest thing, man. I mean, Bama, you know, I, I showed it. Their yards after the catch against Miami, they had 66% of their receiving yards after the catch. That, that can't happen. I mean, it's just – Oh, man. Okay. Hey, Dave, I, I got a question kind of for you and Ahmad since obviously Ahmad think, played secondary at Florida. I think Ahmad's, I think Ahmad's out of here now. Oh, damn. But. I kind of <laughs> wanted to ask him, like, so, you know, we're playing off the ball and, and things like that. Uh, would you rather play – would you rather have us play off the ball and get dinked and dunked all day or just – rather us have a chance at interception and maybe let more bigger plays happen against us. I mean, that's part of it. And I did say that, you know, whether they're afraid to let the big play happen. I I think that is a little bit of it. Look, a lot of that comes into trust. And I don't know. That's part of it. You know, do these coaches, I, I think they trust Elam. Um, I think they trust Dean. Do they trust what's behind those guys? I mean, 
Most of the time when I've seen Florida actually play press this year, it's been Elam, and it's been Elam in the face of the the receiver, especially last week versus USF. Uh, it's been mostly Elam in that regard. Look, and you trust him to do that. I mean, he's all SEC, one of the nation's best corners. Uh, how much do they trust the other guys? And look, now, you know, some of it's just football now. They're going to bunch receivers up. I mean, it's it's hard to play press a whole lot, and they know that. Uh, but I still think Florida plays too far off. When Florida plays off, it's not the wrong decision. It's just where you're lining up when you play off. You know, you're they're way too far back. And uh, yeah, know, so, and so, so play, playing off is the right decision. It's just how they're going about it is the wrong way to go. Yeah, and I notice when they're playing off too, they're uh, on top of that, they're bailing as you know, right before yeah. the ball snaps, <laughs> they're already yeah. stepping back. So not only you know you're seven yards back off the line, you know, before the ball snapped, then by the time the ball hits a quarterback's hand, you're already 10, 12 yards back. And and I don't think anybody but Elam is not aggressive enough to make that play style work. Because, uh, I mean, uh, like like Ahmad said, you, you can make that work, but you just have to, to be aggressive and break on the ball and make a play and then, of course, make a tackle. Because usually when you're in that zone type thing, it's – you know, if one guy misses, then it, it could be the end of it. Um, and then and I'll, see, and, I, and I don't remember that being so much of an issue in 2018 or 2019, or at least we didn't talk about it. Uh, you know, th- those DBs playing that far off. And look, I think you've it, it's been it's been in relation to a lack of turnovers. Like Florida does not get a whole lot of interceptions anymore, and I think it's just because these passes are way too easy to complete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. If I was a, a coach, you know, obviously I'd just be like, hey, we'll just get this five yards every time. And yeah. and and we're running clock and we're moving the ball. So um, especially, you know, last year when we had a great offense and, you know, we want to keep Alabama's offense off the field, you know, they, they might want to do the same uh, to us because obviously it's Mullen, you know, we were scoring almost 40 points a game last year. Um, and also, you had said uh, on the preview uh, that absurd stat about uh, all those games in a row that Alabama scored like 30-something points. Uh, I don't remember the exact, you know. Yeah, let me look that up. It was, yeah, you said like 38 games in a row where they've scored 31 points or 28 games in a row. Well, when you said that, I was just like, well, man, I don't think uh, – I don't trust Grantham to be the guy to break that uh, – <laughs> to break that streak but uh yeah uh, like everybody said i think this one game's gonna be in the trenches how yeah, much at uh, least uh at least 30 points uh consecutive games uh wait 28 games yeah 28 games where they've scored at least 30 points yeah that that's why i think this game's gonna have to be a shootout because i i don't i mean grantham hasn't showed us that he's gonna be the one to to break that now obviously this the offense they have isn't i don't feel like it's the, the powerhouse that they've had before where every position has an absolute yeah, game that, yeah. breaker. Um, I mean, it, it could be by the end of the year. That's why I'm happy we're kind of playing them a little early. But uh, the one thing that does worry me, I, I did see on the SEC uh, stat cat about uh, how hard it is to tackle that, the Robinson, the running back for them. Um, that, that could be a problem if they're going to be getting to our second level and, it, it, it's almost impossible for a, a safety or a DB to tackle him without help. So, uh, hopefully our, yeah, our defensive a, line a, and linebacker. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to have to play discipline and fill them gaps. But, uh, go Gators, I really think we have a shot. 
maybe that's just because I want us to have a shot, but but uh, hey, that's being a, that's being a fan. Yeah, I mean, but there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that, and right, we'll we'll go have fun. And like I said, you go, have fun with it. You 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 you'll be mad if you didn't have fun with it, and Florida pulls off the upset. So just just you know just. Just, just go with it. Just go with it. Yeah. Uh. Well, we'll talk to you on the the Gators Plus, uh, post game. If if y'all ain't on that, man, it's a it's a good time in Discord and and the the post game chat. Thanks, uh, listen to everybody's instant reaction is is a, is a good time. So uh, we'll see you then, Dave. All right, man. Hey, thanks for that plug. So yes, sir. Thank you, uh, thanks, thanks a lot. Yes, sir. So make make it so you didn't have to to feel awkward doing. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, man. Crush time. You in here, man? I am. How's it going, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Man, hey, Dave, you know it's game week. So, I mean, the energy level is already on 20 on twenty decimals right now. So, hey, thanks again for coming I'm, on the show. I'm, I'm surprised I have a voice left this week. So. Oh, hey, Dave. Hey, <laughs> I was just going to say, man, with the amount of interviews you did this week, I mean, the fact that you still have a voice, man, credit, credit to you. <laughs> all good. All good. Hey, quick update for for all you Florida fans. Um, as far as the Alabama linebacker um, Will Anderson, uh, yep. he is, he is a full go in this game. So, um, okay. uh, just an update on that for you guys. And I will say this, and, and and this is the question I've gotten from a lot of Florida fans for this for this game. One, who steps in um, Vontrell Vontrell Miller's spot to call a defense? Because guys, when you lose the quarterback of your defense that poses huge problems. So who's going to, who's going to step into that role, Dave, uh, on Saturday? Yeah. I mean, uh, so what you have there, you know, Ventrell Miller uh, is out biceps injury, uh, had surgery. So he's definitely out. He's out for the year. Uh, and what you've had, you've had Jeremiah Moon, a guy who's been programmed six years now. Uh, and he's played mostly the edge position in his career. Now mm-hmm. he's moving all over. Uh, he's playing more traditional linebacker, too. I don't know how comfortable Florida would feel with him making the calls because this is the first time that we've ever really seen him play that inside linebacker position. Right. Uh, but I expect him to fill in uh, a whole lot. Mamou Diabate is very, very smart player. He's uh, you know plays that linebacker role as well. They moved him around a bit this year, too. Uh, but probably Diabate because he played there last year, too. Uh, Mari Bernie's got some experience at linebacker, but, you know, kind of just limited from what we've seen the last couple of years in playing that position. Uh, so I think you're going to look at Moon and Diabate as probably those uh, first first couple guys. Tyron Hopper's been in the system. I think he'll play a good bit in this game too. Uh, can he be there as well? And you're Like, the playing part of this, as far as what Moon and Diabate and, and Bernie and, and Hopper bring to the table – I mean, I know Ventura Miller is a, a attacking machine, but I'm not sure he's been a difference maker at linebacker. But he has mm-hmm. been there as a leader, and, and, and as you said, making those calls. So who could who can do that part of it? I think the production I think can still be there from these guys, but who can make sure that they're in the right spot in the right play uh, there? You may even have some guys up front helping along with that to to to, to help make sure uh, that the guys behind them are in the right spot. So uh, I mean, that follow you know, Zachary Carter, Britton Cox, and uh, mm-hmm. those guys are a little bit more experienced up front as well. Uh, but that is – it is a good question. We'll have to see what we can you – know, if we can glean Florida's out of position a whole lot when – at that second level when when, when they line up versus Alabama. And, and Dave, uh, final final one for me. Um, and, and, guys, if, if you don't already – I'm sure you guys do if you're on this call – Dave does a fantastic job everywhere he goes breaking down these games. So, um, hey, Dave, 
last thing, Emory Jones. I I I can't imagine the pressure that this kid is going to be under that first series um, because all 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 everybody expects him to at least start. If Florida takes the ball, which you're going to have to against Alabama. You can't do what Miami did and go down uh, 24 points at halftime. You're you're not coming back on this this Alabama defense if you're down 24 points at the half. Mm-hmm. Emory Jones, if he goes three and out, Bama goes down and scores. Does Dan go ahead and pull the plug at that point? Because, it, like I said, the pressure that he is going to be feeling in that stadium in this kind of in in this kind of big moment. All odds are going to be on this game. Uh, that that that's going to be interesting to see, uh, as far as how the Gator fans in that stadium is going to react. I mean, they're already calls for AR to 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 be the starter. If he goes three and out, or or worst case scenario, throws an INT uh, that first couple of series, how does the Florida Gator fans react to that? Uh, well, the fan base would would definitely be up and up and roar there. Um, yeah, you've heard uh, a spattering, and I and we probably should make this clear. You've heard some boos in the crowd. It's not towards Emory Jones. It's just toward right. probably it's towards the coaching staff for all right. Look, we want to see AR put AR in. It's not mm-hmm. it's not booing Emory Jones himself. Uh, I mean, I'm, right. I'm sure I'm sure there's some fans out there that are doing that, but I would say for the most part, and at least knowing how this fan base is and stuff, it's not. It's it's directed at the coaching staff. Now, don't get me wrong. Players don't want to hear that, and the players could think it's directed at them. But mm-hmm. I could probably say, I mean, and I'm a little assuming here. Uh, that's a little assumption there from my part. But I will say, I would think most of the boos are, you know, going toward the coaching staff and, and and that decision that they're making by either not putting AR in to finish a drive or or to start a drive. Uh, mm-hmm. They think you know he should be out there. But any quarterback question, of course, is dependent on how healthy they are. Uh, and when you shoot, when you can put him in there, if he's limited, if he's not limited, or how limited he is. Uh, but look, I mean, you're gonna think you're gonna have to think these early plays for Emory Jones are gonna be the scripted plays, the plays right. and packages they've been working on probably since the off season, and definitely mm-hmm. you know tuning up this week in practice to get ready for an early shot in this game. Uh, so I think you know in, in that regard, hopefully that gets you off to a better start. Um, you, 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 I mean, you know they've been working on these drives because I, you're right. You cannot get down to Alabama. Uh, you say so you're either going to have some had a time-consuming drive mm-hmm. that, that ends in points, or just something you've identified pretty early. Where like, okay, here's a big play waiting to happen right here. Where we've seen it on film, we've practiced this. The Alabama reacted this way every time. We know we have them here. You got, you just got to, you got to go execute it. Uh, right. So that that that's part of it too. Uh, I think you know if, if a bad start happens, I think Dan's going to stick with him. If AR is ready to go, I think it's going to be the formula we've seen these first couple of weeks. AR will be mm-hmm. on the third. He'll be in on the third drive by design, and um, you know hopefully you're not down fourteen nothing at that point. <laughs> that's I think that's where you have to you you have to hopefully. And, I, and, I, and I've said it before, and I've said it on, the, on my on my on my show in the preview this week. The the fast start really has to come from the defense, not the offense. Uh, right. The offense, you know, it, it, it's more likely the offense starts slow because of what we've seen the first couple of weeks. If uh, you know you got the best defense you're going to probably play all year, definitely up there with Georgia's. Uh, the defense is going to have to keep Florida in this. Uh, in my opinion, that's just how I see this game going uh, for, for 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 the Gators. So, um, but if you can get that early score, you keep the crowd in it uh, and. Uh, it, it, some confidence there early on for Emory Jones as well. So uh, 
But I do think um, for for Emory's confidence just to keep going, you know, may, and maybe to, like you said, you're talking about that pressure, keep, get some of the pressure off of him uh, in early right. score. Uh, can help. Now we saw him start early last. We saw him early last week get off to a good start, and eventually in the second half, it just he reverted back to what he looked like the week before. Um, so a good start doesn't necessarily he's gonna mean he's gonna carry it all throughout the game. But maybe maybe that's the next step. I mean, mm-hmm. last week was definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, he just couldn't keep it up. Uh, maybe the next step is getting some confidence. And maybe taking the pressure off just a little bit, and and, and playing and playing and go, going out there and having a good game. I, look, and I, and I think the game plan is going to be built around him just a little bit more too. I mm-hmm. do expect to see him run a bit more. I think you um, now, you know, does AR's injury status play into that a little bit too? Maybe it does. Maybe we don't see him rerun as much because you don't know if if AR and how limited he is if he can even come in and and, and spell Emory Jones mm-hmm. if he gets hurt. So maybe. That, I, but I'm I'm a big believer in not coaching scared because of injuries. You don't want to look back right. and say, "Well, he didn't." I get should hurt, have, and I should have. Exactly. If right, you go out there and I'm like, I mean, I think Emory needs. I think he needs over ten carries. Um, design runs, he throws scrambles into the mix as well. Uh, but I, I think Emory, Emory Jones' legs is going to have to be a factor in this game, they, they, especially because of what we've seen with his arm the first couple of weeks. Maybe it settles him down some. Maybe when you start calling more design runs, maybe maybe he uh, one read, two read, bail the pocket and go on, on, a lot mm-hmm. of pass, on a lot of these passes. His legs are going to be an X factor in this game, whether he gets to use them because it's in the playbook and in the game plan or not use them because if AR is limited and you and, – you're afraid that he gets hurt because you're running him so much that could have an effect on the game as well. Absolutely. Hey, Gator fans, enjoy the game. I, I, I can't wait to see this uh, game on, on television. I know um, the swamp is going to be rocking and just looking forward to a great game. Dave, fantastic job as always, my friend. Thanks, man. Hopefully the swamp's rocking for four quarters and uh, not, not early on. Like you said, that, that fast start is what scares me. So You got it. All right, a couple more of you in here. All right, who we got in here? Uh, RJ? Hey, Dave, what's hey, going man. on, man? I'm doing good, getting ready to uh, head into work and hopefully speed this day up a little bit. I hear you. Um, so you kind of hit on this with the, with the last guy, but uh, the more I kind of think about this game and how it's going to play out is I really think this game is going to be won or at the very least we keep it competitive probably in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to make either some kind of turnover or to your to your point, we need to get out of the gates fast and either score quick or whatever because I just it kind of feels like, you know, we can't kind of surprise them a little bit because this is a little bit more of a, inexperienced Alabama team compared to other teams. So I think if we can kind of, you know, score quick or like I said, cause some sort of turnover, keep the crowd in the game. Cause we're not going to have <laughs> a crowd like this in the swamp for probably a long time. So it's going to be pretty electric. So I think if we can kind of get them off of their kind of game plan a little bit and kind of shake the quarterback a little bit early on, I think we might have a chance. Otherwise, if we get off to a slow start, Saban's just going to, get into his groove and it could be a long game. So that's just kind of my thoughts. And uh, thanks for uh, setting this up and go Gators. Yeah. I mean, 
How many times has Alabama had to play with the pressure on them? I mean, that's that's the big question. And can and can you make that happen? I mean, at least at least see at least see how how big of a difference an early start on offense can make. Now, it's easier said than done, and that's dependent on you uh, going out there and executing and, and scoring. Uh, but you know, it'd be nice to get up seven nothing and see uh, Alabama have to play from behind uh, just a bit. And like I said, if you could get this game to the fourth quarter with the youth on Alabama's offense, maybe that's where the mistake happens late and the big play happens late and, and you can, uh, it's a tie ball game midway through the fourth quarter and Bryce Jones got a little bit of pressure on him and the mistake happens that, that, that breaks the game for, for, for the Gators. I think if you can get it to the fourth quarter with a, with a young Alabama, you take your chances. Now you don't get me wrong. You take your chances anyway. If you can, if you can make that a fourth quarter game, no matter what the situation is for Alabama, then you'll take that. I'm just saying, I think the best shot for an upset is to happen. is that, that that fourth quarter magic in the swamp that we've seen in 2018 versus LSU and, and 2019 versus Auburn, you gotta have that. You've got to put the pressure on a young Alabama team in the fourth quarter to have a chance. So uh, a lot easier said than done. Uh, what does that mean? Does it mean a fast start for the offense and you're scoring with them, or does that mean a fast start for the defense and you're just holding their defense, their their offense in check, and it's a low scoring game? I think it's um, it's going to be fascinating to watch if that's the, if that's if it's a fourth quarter game, is it because it's a shootout and points are flying all over the board, or it's because these, as I kind of mentioned earlier, these defensive lines are just kind of taking over and it's a lower scoring game. So, um, I'd probably take the other route because I'd like to have even more pressure on Bryce Young. Uh, I'd like to have it more of a defensive shootout. Uh, kind of like that LSU and Auburn game in 18 and 19 uh, and take your chances just because I think if it's a shootout, even in the fourth quarter, I probably lean toward Alabama to win that. But if it's a ugly slobber knocker defensive slugfest and you're putting even more pressure on the youth of Alabama's offense, then I think that's probably uh, where I'd lean more of a Florida upset and actually getting the win. All right, who else is in here? That... Hey, Dave, you got me? Yep, gotcha. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, good. I just got a, I got a couple of things I want to hit on, uh, kind of reflecting off what other guys have said, uh, uh, mainly the guy before the last. Um, talking about does Emory go three and out and Alabama scores, does Mullen make the change to AR at that point? Uh, I think history says no. Um, we see him make kind of bonehead decisions. Well, what we think is bonehead decisions um, on the quarterback situation because you look at uh, a good example is is Felipe Franks. You know, he was he was a great quarterback, uh, but you you look at a guy like Trask that came in behind him, and um, it's like you almost wonder like what what's been going on at practice? Why hadn't this already took place? Um, so I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say no. I think uh, I think Emory gets a lot more reps in this game than people are expecting. I don't think I don't think he's going to I don't think he's just going to hand it to AR at, at any point and just say here you know it, it's yours. You know uh, what you think about that? I do think if AR was 100, percent he'd get more snaps than he got the first couple weeks there. Uh, I think it's pretty known now that he's at least the most explosive player on offense and, and can get you some points. Um, yeah, you know, the history of Mullen and quarterbacks and, and when to make the switch, I know, is a little uh, topic there. And, you know, we do have to remember he was willing to make that change 
in the Missouri game in 18. Pulled Franks, Trash comes in, was all in line, ready to start versus South Carolina the next week and gets hurt in practice. Uh, so the move was going to be made uh, a whole lot easier uh, or a whole lot earlier than you know, the 2019 Felipe Franks injury. Trash comes in versus Kentucky. Uh, it was going to happen in 2018. And then Felipe Franks goes on to have a pretty good 2018, uh, the end of 2018, and you can understand why the move uh, wasn't made. I mean, you talked to some people, and then there was some people believe Trash was probably ready to overtake Franks before another injury preseason camp in 2019, uh, and probably another decision on Dan Mullen's hand there. I think probably ends up still rolling with Franks, but the move may have even happened earlier if trash doesn't get injured uh preseason camp in 2019 but look the move was going to be made in 2018 regardless so but look i know a lot of people bring up the what tyler russell that prescott uh press uh russell had to get hurt before prescott comes in and now trying to relate that you know with the franks and trash debate and now the Emory ar i do think if ar is 100 percent ready to go he would he, he would play more he would and and you'd see more snaps from him uh but don't know the complete status of that game time decision. We'll see how healthy he is, how limited he is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, the decision of when the switch quarterbacks is definitely a hot one. Yeah, and I guess I should have mentioned uh, the history. You know, which I don't really have to mention the history of Dan Mullen with quarterbacks. You know, that's something we talk about recruiting all the time, and it's like it's it's disappointing in areas. But I will never question Dan Mullen and his decisions at quarterback as far as who he gets and who he plays. I mean, yeah, we get aggravated at times because, I mean, you just look at AR versus EJ on the field and what the difference is, and, and, and the electricity is, is solely different, even from the crowd. So uh, I, I guess I should have said that in my previous statement. You know, I, I'm not knocking Mullen on his decisions as far as that goes, but it's kind of hard not to want to when you're sitting there looking at what's happening on the field. Yeah. Um <laughs> And something else uh, I think is going to be a huge factor in this game, and it might have been said before I, I come on, I don't know, um, the the fan base. Uh, I went to the uh, 2019 Auburn game, and from the time I walked in from the, and to the time I left, it was never quiet, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what it's going to take. And in order to do that, we're going to have to stay in the game. Right. We, get down, we get down 14, 17 points, you know, before halftime, and that crowd shuts up. It's it's that's when I think Alabama is going to accelerate. I mean, um, you know, with Bryce being a young you know a young quarterback with not many starts. So I think if the fan base can stay loud because we're continually in the game, I think that's going to play a big role in the in the outcome. Um, uh, that's really going to help us out. I think. Yeah, uh, uh, I, the fans will do their part early, and then it will be up to the team to take over uh, and, yeah. and and keep and keep and keep the fan base engaged. That's right. Uh, one more thing, I watched the I watched the Mercer and Alabama game last night. I haven't watched Alabama any up until that point. Uh, just a few minutes of the Miami game, but I had some stuff going on, so I didn't really get to catch that. But uh, I watched the Mercer game last night, and I'm gonna tell you, you know, for for defending national champs and. Um, and for them to be the number one team, they 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 looked sloppy, 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 sloppy. And I know Saban said all last week. I, I caught most of his interviews. He was saying, "Look, our our team ain't doing it this week." I don't, you know. He was ranting and raving about how they looked in practice. So I guess you could expect it. But I, I'm telling you, their offensive line uh, to be playing Mercer, they got a lot of pressure on Young. I think they had two sacks before halftime, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 
and um, a lot of QB pressures. And then on defense, they didn't they didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Mercer. You know, I know they run a different kind of scheme offense than you used to seeing. Um, but I, I wasn't impressed. And, you know, like I said, they're still Alabama, so I'm not saying they're not the number one team. But I'm just saying what I saw, it, it didn't look – it looked like we have a really good chance, really good chance. Yeah, you know, and it's about flipping the switch in a way. You know, like we have kind of said about FAU and USF, you know, not a whole lot of game planning. You're playing a lot of people. Probably not as crisp because you're just not up to play those teams. And, look, if we're going to use that excuse for Florida, we probably can use the same excuse for Alabama and Mercer uh, just a bit. But you're right. I mean, should, should that happen? Either way, um, you know, if you're even if you're not ready to play, should Mercer re- really be able to pressure the quarterback? Should they, uh, you know, if you're Alabama, should you just be able to roll out there uh, and, and it not matter? So, that, you know, that's part of it, too. Uh, I agree. I think we you know, do have to take into account that they do they really care uh, about that game. Probably no. And look, their focus is going to be there this week. They, they know how big of a game this is as well. And the first time they're going to be questioned all year, honestly. You know, nobody was really picking Miami to beat them. And not many people were picking Florida to beat them either. But they know it's an SEC game. They've heard about how tough it is to play in a swamp too. So I'm sure the focus and the detail level for Alabama is going to be there much better this week than it was last week. Absolutely. Hey, Dave, well, I appreciate it. I enjoy your show, and uh, y'all have a good day. Go Gators. Go Gators. All right. A few more of you in here before I sign off here. All right. Who we got now? Man, y'all got some good, got some good talk this morning. Let's see. Who else is in here? You guys ready to go? Well, hey man, I don't. I wouldn't say it's going to be a shootout, but I don't. I really don't think it's going to be like a defensive battle either. I see this game getting really, really weird. Um, I think it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna. I don't, I don't think we're ready for this, man. Like I got a buddy I'm talking to at work right now. He's he's leaving for Gainesville at 4 a.m. Bama fans. So. I just hope we got some fans down there to get loud with y'all, cause man, I know the swamp's gonna be rocking, dude. That's the only th- that's the only part where I'm nervous. Like like the dude earlier was talking about the electricity, man. Like if AR gets in the game, dude, it's gonna be going crazy in the swamp. That, that's what it is. I mean, that's the 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 difference maker. Everybody's kind of going to point to with this young, you know, in important places Alabama team, young up front, young up yep. quarterback. And this, you know, the, the the crowd's going to have to make a difference. There's no other way around it. But teams got to do their part to to keep to get the fans engaged. You know, going to the fourth quarter. You know, if Alabama jumps out to a big lead like they do so often, and we get that defensive score, or get that special team score that they just always seem to get. You know, when the game maybe seems a little closer than it should be, but then there's the big play, the big play that you can't really account for. Um, that's where uh, Alabama kind of you know, makes a makes a difference, and then and then the floodgates open. And, you know, if the floodgates don't open early, don't give them something easier. Don't give them that special teams touchdown. Don't give them that interception return for a touchdown. Uh, so I, I, it, I mean, there are so many ways and angles this game can go. But you know, that's that that's a, that is another angle of it. If it is a tight game, don't give up that special teams touchdown. Don't don't turn the ball over and keep yourself in the game. I agree, man. And it's like you got to think, man. Last year, Alabama was so high-powered on offense. It's because 
we had Sarkeesian back there, man. This is a big change with Bill O'Brien. I mean, yeah, he's still going to take shots, but I was at the Mercer game, and that was – it was ugly, man. I mean, I know it was 48-14 at the end of the game. You're like, oh, it's a blowout, but – Man, it was ugly to watch, seriously. But I'm just hoping that led into a good week of practice. And um, I mean, good luck to both teams. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. And Bama, a lot of times these these players have at least played an away game at the stadium before. But it's been ten years since Bama's played in Gainesville. I mean, these, none of these kids know what it's like there. You know what I mean? We've all been to Death Valley. We know, you know, we know how it is in Death Valley, LSU, and and. Ole Miss, at Vaughn Hemingway, all these places. But these kids ain't been to the swamp yet, and that's really where I'm nervous about. And I mean, Bryce Young's normally pretty poised, and he looks like a really chill dude back in the pocket, but you just never know until you get there, man. Yeah, and even and even your second-year players. You know, you had COVID last year, so even some of the other big stadiums and other big situations you would have played in last year, you didn't get that either. You know, so yep. it, it, you know, it, translates to, it translates to second-year players as well, not just true freshmen or – you know, retro freshman, just guys who didn't get a whole lot of playing time or, or new guys on the team last year. Yep, yep. It's going to be a good one, I believe, man. Um, I'm pretty stoked. And honestly, like, I'm ready. I'm just ready. Like, I watched the J-Boy show, and he was talking about this is Judgment Day this week for a lot of teams. And I'm just ready to see where Alabama's at, and I'm ready to see where Florida's at. And honestly, because it's fun having, you know what I mean? Both teams are really good. They meet up in the SEC Championship, and it's a shootout and a great game like last year with, with um, Trask and uh, – damn, who was our running back last year? We all had Kyle Pitts. And, yeah, Pitt, Pitts and Tony. Yep. Oh, yeah, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. He's from where I'm from, Mobile, Alabama. I watched him in high school. Nice. Uh, Kadarius Tony was – he was he was nuts. They actually retired his jersey at, the, at Blunt High School like last week. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped, man. But uh, I'm at work, but I'm gonna let y'all go. But roll tide. Sounds good. Good luck to you guys. All right, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Hey. So I have a little uh, conspiracy theory here. All right. I want to know where uh, Dan Mullen's voodoo doll is when it comes to backup quarterbacks. Because it seems like whenever there's a high, whenever the quarterback controversy gets just a little too hot, all of a sudden Trask breaks his foot and AR gets a little hammy. Yeah, it does kind of it does, does kind of work out for him a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, where the, the conversation can calm down uh, a, a little bit. So I think. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it just works itself out. You know, this uh, I, I did tweet last week that uh, after the after the hamstring thing, I was like, well, that makes the questions a little bit easier. He could at least always fall back on the. Uh, we just don't know where AR is right now, um, but you know, he hasn't really. Sh- I mean, he he's, he hasn't really shied away from that. It's pretty much just the you know, injuries are starting, uh, and that's just where he, that's where he's left it. He hasn't really. The only thing about AR is just giving us an update on if he's practicing or not. Says he is practicing, that he's in the training room uh, there. But you know, there was no. Well, we'll see where he's at in terms of a quarterback controversy. It's just we'll see where he's at in terms of if he's just going to play or not uh, this week versus Alabama. So as I said, it did make that decision just a little bit easier uh, for him, at least as far as discussion goes and asking questions and all that. I'm sure he'll be asked and you know by CBS and all these pre pregame interviews and. Um, uh, we, when it comes to that, and maybe the 
pregame interview right before right there on the field. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. See where, uh, but it, it does. Um, <laughs> the backup quarterback storyline has definitely been in, uh, uh, an adventure roller coaster there since Dan Mullen's been here. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to feel good about this game. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high, but go Gators. <laughs> go Gators. Yo, hey, Dave. What's up? Since when we let Alabama fans in here? <laughs> I mean, that was uh, – as long as you know, you know, not 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 trolling and you know talking trash, calling people's names. Like, it's all about conversation. So uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> I know he definitely wanted to troll so bad. I can tell. Ah, oh, it was good stuff. It was good. It was good though. <clears throat> yeah, I, I like having another fan's perspective, especially if they're a rational fan. You know, like you said, not coming in talking, talking wild. It's it's nice to hear, especially in a big game like this, what the other side is, uh, and not and not get it from an analyst, for you know, like the guy you had on hey, Dave. Uh, on the show. He he had some some good stuff to say, but he's doing it from a different perspective. When you get it, you know, I don't know a lot of Alabama fans, so it's nice to hear. Yeah. Hear what they're thinking and how they're feeling. I'm the same way. I I prefer to actually invite friends of mine who are fans of the opposing team over, even when I'm watching the game on TV, because it makes it for a more dynamic experience. You got fans of both sides there. And and I, on the other hand, do know a lot of Alabama fans. I live in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. (laughs) It's uh, enemy enemy territory. But uh, I'm currently in Jacksonville and going to be at the game tomorrow. So uh, very excited. I know SEC Nation is going to be there, right, Dave? Yeah, they'll be there. They've uh, already been setting up in the uh, Plaza of the Americans. So yeah. So uh, maybe we can get Timmy to come in at halftime, <laughs> Ralph boys up, give him a little halftime speech. But uh, hey, good good stuff as always, Dave. Go Gators. Go Gators. Thanks, man. I'll get a couple hey. more of you. Yeah, before you, I'll get a couple more of you to get in here. I've been Twitter's not letting me in. We letting more people in for requests, so uh, Peyton will probably be the last one anyway before I got to wrap up and head to work. But uh, um, I'm just gonna let you know, Twitter's kind of controlling this too. Would not let me bring any more people in. So, all right. Well, I appreciate it, Dave, man. So basically, my question is this. Well, I'll start with my statement first. In my opinion, outside of that very first three and out Emory had against FAU, I think the first couple of drives, man, where it's still scripted, he's looked really good. Yeah, he's looked better there, yep. Yeah, and so now with the statements we've seen from the interviews this past week from not only Mullen but some of the offensive players, they're saying, you know, we haven't shown much of the offensive playbook. Do you think that makes things easier for Emery to perform as the playbook gets opened up, or do you think it's going to be even more confusing and we're going to get more deer-in-the-headlight type moments as the playbook gets opened up and it's more complicated? Which way do you lean? Good question. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So here's the thing I, I think about that is, look, there's there's always just going to be a basic game plan. Uh, and there's basic plays that Dan Mullen has in his offense. So you can at least best bet Emory knows those plays. So now what do you expand on upon that? Well, it's going to be the things that he does well. Uh, and what have they learned from spring to fall camp to these first couple of games? Well, they've been able to learn what Emory Jones does well, and they've been able to learn what Emory Jones doesn't do so well. So now you build the now you build the game plan around that. So the question is, is how limited is it? You know, how limited is uh, well he can't do this, he can't do this, he can't do this. What does that do to the playbook? Does it, how much does it shrink the playbook? 
Uh, that 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 is the biggest question for me uh, with with this. But you know, you're building a game plan around him now, and I, I kind of mentioned that earlier. You're going to build a game plan probably more around his legs. You're going to let him run a little bit more as long as you're not concerned about him getting hurt, which I don't think you should be. Just go out there and play the game, and, and if injuries happen, it, it just happens. Um, but I, you know, part of that is. Um, you mentioned the scripted plays there. Like, look, there, there's going to be plays in this game that we haven't seen before from Dan Mullen. But look, the game, the game's still going to be won or lost, or at least keeping you in the game by your basic game plan. What are you doing most of the time? Now, can there be wrinkles? Can there be uh, a couple trick plays? Absolutely, yes, there, there, there can be. That can you know, either keep you in the game or give you the lead. But you're still going to have to go out there and execute a basic game plan to at least stay in the game. Those other plays will be the, the, the plays that make the difference in the game, you know, if you can go win the game. But, you know, your your basic run, your basic pass, your your basic plays Emory feels good about, that, those are going to be the ones that keep you in the game. Uh, the other games are going to be the difference maker, the, the, the special plays, the plays we don't see, the, the plays they've been working on to try and take advantage of Alabama. Those are going to be the plays that can win you the game. But you've got to go out there and at least execute your basic game plan to stay in the game. Yeah, fair enough. And I also think to kind of build on that, if you – because I've been hearing this comparison all the time, you know, oh, Amory looks just like Felipe, looks confused back there. If you listen to the way Amory talks about things after he makes mistakes in his post-game interviews versus the the way Felipe used to talk about things, Amory's much more cerebral, and we have been seeing improvement game to game. So I lean on thinking he's going to continually make those improvements as he gets more full game experience. And we did see that a little bit between FAU and USF. So hopefully we can continue that positive momentum throughout the season because he's learning, it seems. Yeah, and Mullen even mentioned, I think, in one of the press conferences, it may have been the SEC teleconference, too, uh, that we don't get to see too much, that Emory will basically come right to the sideline and know what he did wrong. Uh, now that can make you feel better or worse about it. I don't know. I can't tell you how to feel about that, <laughs> but, but, but at least he does know what he's doing and maybe just forcing the issue. You know, if he can just mentally quit, just maybe if he knows he shouldn't do it, then don't do it. Uh, or may just make that decision. Look, he, or he knows the decision. He just makes that decision a little too slow. So what's it going to make, what's it, what's it going to take to make him feel more comfortable in making that decision faster? And can he do it? Does he have that ability? Does he have the capability uh, of, of flipping the switch and making that decision a little faster? Is it more reps? Is it um, – that's probably the biggest part of it. Go back to Kyle Trask and when he come in. Now look, did he get off to a better start than Emory Jones? Absolutely. But there were some forcing the ball issues. There was some holding on to the ball issues as well uh, and getting hit in a, in a sack in, in a sack fumble that happened with Kyle Trask. And the only thing that fixed it was him playing and him getting more reps. But he also didn't have a behemoth of a quarterback breathing down his neck behind him and, and uh, going out there and showing out. So maybe pressure in that situation shows up as well for Emory. But, you know, it, it did take Kyle Trask a few games before he – got over some of the problems that we saw from him early on in his career. He was just able to make up for it. And right now, Emory's not making up for it as consistently as Kyle Trask was. Um, but, you know, I had a better defense to rely on to, to help get by, help uh, help get out of tough situations sometimes there in 2019. Um, a little bit better, uh, you know, have a Michael P. Ride in the backfield that could make some things easier as well for you. Uh, but it did take Kyle Trask, you know, for – for as good as he was and came in and filled in for Felipe Franks in 2019, there were still some issues there that only game reps and, and uh, more time on the field helped get rid of. Yeah, and I tend to believe you're correct. I think he will get better with more game reps, but, you know, it's going to be proven on Saturdays one way or the other. 
Yep, and, and you know, and more game reps for him means you're taking reps away from AR, and I'm not sure that's good either. So that's why you know Dan Mullins in a, between a rock and a hard place right now when it comes to how many reps should Emory Jones have compared to how many reps Anthony Richardson should have, uh, especially if you're going to struggle. You know, can you? Like, you've been able to – look, in these first couple games, that you were in no danger of losing. There was no – to me, no – the only issue I had was when it was not going really well or, uh, you know, when it was just in a rut and you could kind of tell Emory wasn't going to get out of it and AR wasn't coming on the field or when Emory's in because AR's helmet comes off and you don't put AR in, uh, that was a whole lot of not making sense to me <laughs> there. Uh, but – uh, it's just now it, it is a little bit different in the trash scenario there for me because you didn't really have anybody else to come in. And look, you weren't going to take contrast guy anyway. His good outweighed his bad. Um, and he was like I said, he was able to get out of a lot of the the problems that he created in 2019 by holding on to the ball and, and, and fumbling. Now uh, Emory's just um, got uh, just got somebody behind him that's, that's making plays. And you know, as far as the patience of leaving Emory out there to figure it out. It's not there because you have somebody else coming in and making the plays. Right. And this is the last thing I'll say. That's kind of exactly what Mullen hyped the fan base on. He was like, listen, Emory's not Kyle Trask, but you're going to see a lot of explosive plays to kind of mitigate the intermediary yeah. smart plays. Yep. But all the explosive plays are being eaten up by the guy behind them. So <laughs> right. Right. Shit. I mean, that, and that's been part of it, too. You go, you know, uh, Dan Mullins brought this on himself a little bit. Like, there was times in the preseason where we were asking Mullen questions about Emory, 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 and Dan Mullen would unprovoked bring up Anthony Richardson. You know, he kind of started the Richardson hype in the preseason by himself without the media even doing it, without fans even doing it. Uh, so now he wants to kind of calm it down because of what's transpired these first couple games. Then, well, I mean – can't really have it both ways there <laughs> so uh, it's uh, an, another way of looking at it yeah well i appreciate your time dave all right god yeah uh we'll have to go i'm sorry for you guys requested to get in here first of all twitter's kind of giving me an issue here of uh bringing more people in as far as speakers go uh, and also i've been going for about an hour now so definitely have to call it here to get to work but thank you so much for hopping in here uh, joining this, I'll get the recorded version up soon. Uh, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it. I'll, I'll have the audio version up soon, and then it'll be on YouTube as well. But everybody, thanks for hopping in. Thanks for all the interaction. Thanks for the great questions. Go have fun tomorrow. Oh, yeah, have fun today, the rest of the day. Uh, during Gainesville, traveling to Gainesville tomorrow. First of all, listen to Gators Breakdown on your way down there uh, if you haven't done so yet. But also, you know, go go, go have fun. Go go cheer your head off. Go go be loud. Uh, go tailgate, go have fun, go go be with, go be with friends, go be with family uh, down there in Gainesville. Or if you're doing it at home, have fun. Or some Four Rivers <laughs> if you can. Uh, and um, but you go go have fun with it. You know, hopefully the team will do their part. We can have fun with it uh, in that version as well. But look, at least before the game, do do, do your part. Go have fun. Don't worry about the outcome uh, before the game. Just go have fun, tailgate. Uh, enjoy football. Enjoy football season. Enjoy the big game atmosphere uh, of, uh, uh, of Florida, Alabama. So, all right, that'll do it. David Waters, host of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thanks for hopping in, doing this. We will do it again post game after Alabama. <laughs>